Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, time now to talk to Redbacks coach Jason Gillespie. He's coached all around the world, Blight. It's yeah. an, an amazing career and obviously one of Australia's best and greatest ever bowlers too. This is for tyre power. Winter safety sale on now. 25% off equivalent with four for three on selected Falcon tithes. Tire power, get your free five-minute safety check. Dizzy only arrived back in Australia two or three weeks ago. We saw the first couple of tests. And yes. uh, I want to ask him about Lords. He's played there and all that, uh, well, almost a fight there, wasn't it? Some of the old 85-year-olds taking on the younger cricketers. Dizzy, how are you? Yeah, g'day, Will. Yeah, really good, thanks. Great to speak with you. Um, we found this a fascinating um, test series. It's 2-1. Could have been... Could have been three nil um, England's way. Could have been three nil. Well, perhaps not three nil Australia's way. But um, you were over there for the first couple. You reckon England threw that first test away just by perhaps being a li- little bit lackadaisical? Yeah, that, that's a good observation. And um, yeah, obviously I, I was there, so you know, seeing the game, I was I was commentating on radio uh, for the first test match at Edgbaston. Um, there, purely as a spectator, second test, but certainly that first test. England, there was a lot of talk about their declaration and uh, having a little start at Australia just before close with Joe Root on 118 not out. Um, look, hindsight's a wonderful thing. Had England picked up a couple of quick wickets there, Ben Stokes would have come across as a genius, wouldn't he? Um, but they didn't take the wickets. I think a lot of people are thinking, look, with Joe Root in on 118 not out, you want to make hay and, and get, get your runs in the first innings. Um, I reckon if they had their time again, I think they, they probably would have let Joe Root bat on. But look, England have come out and said they want to entertain. Um, you know, the results don't matter. You know, this was before the Test Series started. Ben Stokes was quoted saying that. And, um, yeah. and now uh, the fourth Test and the Ashes are, are gone for them. Uh, now the results do matter. So not sure which way, um, which way England are thinking at the moment. Tell us about Lords, the history of Lords. It is amazing how when you you go out to bat, you got to you know go upstairs, downstairs, through the the long room, out in the ground. You'd, you'd hate to get a first ball duck; it'd be a long walk back. But what's it like there, Dizzy, to to play at the the great ground? And and what do you make of the? It got a bit ugly, didn't it? It certainly did, and um, you know, very unlike uh, the the members of of the MCC to to behave in that way. That's probably an indication of. You know how important the Ashes is to to supporters and and, and people, I suppose, and and the way um, these two teams have been going at it. It's been a fascinating series so far. Australia got the chockies uh, the first two Test matches. England came back and played really well at Leeds and uh, to win that game, and then obviously to uh, to win at um, Old Trafford or to draw at Old Trafford when England, let's be honest, were, were probably going to win that game, um, and it would have been two all, but. Um, unfortunately, I, I think England missed up. You mentioned the missed opportunities in the first test. Uh, England certainly missed opportunities in the second test as well with the way they yeah. batted and they went pretty hard. But look, the history of, of Lords, I, I was saying to my tour group that they're going to experience two very different test matches. Edge Baston, very loud, boisterous. The, the Holly stand with the, um, you know, uh, with the Barmy Army and the trumpeter 
and all that, and then you get to Lords, and Lords is probably more for the purist. And you know, before the first ball of an Ashes Test match, you can hear a pin drop, and uh, and it was a, it was just a very different feel. Both Tests, there was a bit of feeling, obviously, at Lords um, with what went on, you know, the various things that, that went on in that match. Um, but look, it was a, a you know great first two Test matches. You described it like a live golf event and a PGA <laughs> event, didn't you, between the first and second Test? Oh, most certainly. It was uh, it, it was really I, I'd never experienced uh, you know anything quite like particularly Lords. Lords was much more boisterous than than I've ever encountered. Um, but yeah, you're right. The Edgebaston was certainly a live golf event uh, if you're using a golfing analogy. Um, and uh, Lords was was probably more the Masters. So it, it was very very different. Just Jason, when you sit there watch a game. I... You know, I mean, you've been a co- obviously a great player, but you've been a coach for a long time, and you're sitting there at the ground, and and you see what the captain's doing on the ground, field placings, bowling changes, and you see Andrew McDonald, the coach of the Australian team, you know, pacing up and down and doing whatever he does with runners or bottles of water or whatever. Do you sit there and say, why? Just with yourself, without being demonstrous, but you say, geez, I wish they'd do that. Do you, do you start seeing that or saying that yourself? Uh, there are times, and, and certainly, um, you know, there were periods when I was over there sitting in the crowd or sitting up in the commentary box and just thinking, what, what is the what is the planning and strategy they've gone into into these decisions? And you know, certainly there was a lot of comments in the commentary box in that first test when Australia having three four sweepers out from the get go. It really was unusual um, in an Ashes series. It, it, to be absolutely fair to both teams, the surfaces that have been produced have been the most benign cricket surfaces mm. I've seen in the UK in my whole time since travelling yeah. there from the mid nineties. They really offer they've offered very, very little to the to the fast bowlers. Um, Edge Baston took some took some twist, took some turn. Um, but I, I don't think there's been much for the for the spin bowlers um, for the rest of the series. Um, it, you know England made it really clear, Ben Stokes and Brendan McCullum, they wanted you know, benign surfaces to allow them to play, to bat in the way that they've been talking, this whole baseball thing. Um, I, I, I said before the tournament started, or that the series started, and I'll stick to that, I, I think it was to England's detriment to, to put those surfaces, because I think it, it really nullified James Anderson and, and Stuart Broad to an extent. They're two big gun quicks, and Ollie Robinson. Um, and I think it actually worked in our favour um, because I, I, I still maintain our, our quicks have, have bowled adequately but I think you know Pat if, if Pat was honest with himself um, he probably could have done things a little bit differently with uh, with field placings and because the best way to get wickets rather than purely stemming the flow of runs is to actually you know take wickets and, and have some attacking fielding positions and I just think we've missed a trick on occasions yeah. in that space. Yeah, I yeah, I reckon you're right. I, just, I wouldn't Wokes coming back in for the English has made a hell of a difference. But what about the talk about Warner and Smith? You know, it, it all of a sudden the rumblings are starting on. Well, will they keep playing? Will they go on? Will he get to go say goodbye in the Sydney Warner's test? Warner's denied it. Yeah, I haven't heard yeah, from Smith. Yeah, Warner's denied it. Smith's kept pretty quiet. Um, yeah, Steve Smith's an interesting one. Uh, I, I, I suspect it'll be with very little fanfare. It, it, the time when he decides it's time that, that he's had enough. 
Um, I, I think it'll be very, with very little fanfare. David Warner made a big statement saying ideally he'd like to get the Sydney Test match next year. And um, whereas I think Steve Smith, if he decides he's done, he'll he he could potentially announce it in the Test match that he's playing in. That look in a couple of days' time, I'm, I'm announcing my retirement. Um, yeah, you know, a bit like what Adam Gilchrist did. Um, you know, because I, I I think and. I've always suspected that if if a, if a player comes out and starts talking about retirement um, and saying when they're going to finish, their head's half gone anyway. Um, yeah. So I, I, I'm not convinced a player, um, you know, should be given, you know, another year to play and then, then I'll retire. I, I think that they are at, at the mercy of selection. They've got to justify their position. But, you know, if a player is talking retirement, they're already thinking about it and, you know, they're not going to be... Um, playing at their very best. That's just my opinion. Now, in another life, I think everybody would like to come back as Jason Gillespie. You play cricket for Australia, tour the world as a coach. And you've been just about everywhere, man. But uh, He's got a statue too, hasn't he, at Adelaide Oval? Yeah, I'm, I'm the only one here without a statue. I, I've, all I do is polish one. That's yeah, that's, impolite. Yeah, yeah, that's lovely. I, Jason, apparently Dave's doing a good job on both our statues. <laughs> oh, that's very kind of him. Yeah, well, bloody, we're... In the, we're, we're Members of the Bronze Aussie Club, aren't we? So, yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> now, now I've now I've forgot my question. No, no, I'll, no, no I'll, I haven't. No, I'll, I'll just interrupt by saying, just going back to local now. We spoke yep. to Ryan Harris uh, a couple of weeks ago, mate, with the announcement yep. that he'll be coming to help you. I, I was going to ask you with the Redbacks and also the Strikers. I mean, I mean, you've been a great bowler. Will he actually just take the bowlers, or in conjunction with you? So, how will that work? How, how does Jason Gillespie and Ryan Harris work together with the group that you've got? Yeah, so look, I've I've basically been been a head coach my whole coaching career, Blighty. So I I've done I've I've dabbled in bits of bowling coaching and and been an assistant coach, but but basically I've been the been the um, head coach in in all the um, the teams I've been involved in, um, and I'm very uh, when it comes to working with support staff. You know, I want I want our players to know that I, that our coaching staff have my complete and utter backing. Um, you know, Ryan is the, is the lead bowling coach, so you know he he, he will lead that, um, and I'm there to support him as as head coach. Um, obviously, I've got bowling experience, so I'll, uh, I'll I'll lend that as we see fit. And you know, I, I try to I'm trying to be more hands on with the you know with with our bowlers and batters. Um, you know, this this preseason and, and going into this season, I'm looking to be more hands-on. Um, but certainly, Ryan, as a lead bowling coach, you know it, that you know the, the bowlers are his baby, so to speak, and, and I'm there to support him. And um, and look, as as with coaching, you all help each other out uh, where you can. I've actually been spending a lot of time with our fast bowlers, um, with our bowlers on their batting this winter. So um, you know, trying to get it. You know, get more volume into them um, because you know we know that bowlers. It's really interesting. The statistics show that you know in Shield cricket, from batters eight to eleven, they cop twice as many bounces, and they get bowled twice as often as the top six. So we've put a real specific focus on those two areas of uh, of our lower order batters' uh, work on in the, in the winter, and it's been going really well. Just about a minute left, uh, Jason. Uh, the strikers. Um, some doubt about whether Rashid Khan comes to Adelaide and how are you looking with your squad there? 
Yeah, look, look, really happy with the squad that, that we're coming out. We're, I'm sure you know we'll, we'll come out with some, uh, you know, with some information about about all that. We've got the draft. So we're just putting some plans in place for the draft at the start of September. Regarding Rash, look, we're, we're obviously we'd love to have Rash back. Um, we just need to make get some clarity on his availability. Um, there are other tournaments that we are as a, as the BBL competing with um, for space and and for overseas talent. So. We just need to make sure that we can get our ducks in a row and uh, present a case. And, uh, you know, look, we'd all love to see Rashid Khan back uh, in the BBL. Um, but we'll just have to wait and see on his availability. Thanks for the chat, Dizzy. I do feel left out without the statue, but always nice to speak to you. <laughs> uh, great to speak to you both. Thank you very much. Dizzy Gillespie there, coach of the Redbacks and also the Strikers.